doubted myself. All right, let's get to the word today. Um, I'm tr- going to uh, try to be short. If you've been in church for more than a minute, you're going to hear the. Um, you're going to hear what you're going to heard. What I'm going to preach on today, you're going to have heard it preached on before. Um, hopefully, I'll put a little variance on it. Hopefully, it'll make something um, you know mean something to you. I when we were on college, pastor gave two sermons a morning, and he had the same notes, the same man on the same sermon. And yet, if you stayed at both of them, they were a little bit different. So hopefully, this is going to be a little bit different to you, and I'm going to bring something um, new to you and me. Um, and I enjoy doing this because it gives me a Bible study, and I believe that God speaks to me um, as well as having the opportunity to speak to you guys. So we're going to start. Um, and for those of you that were here, I'm doing. Uh, I, I, I broke down. I'm not doing the New King James because you know that's hard for my guys to program it in. So we're going with New Living Testament today, starting in John 13, 34, and 35. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Now I want to preach this morning from a title, We Must Love Everyone. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for this house that you've given us, for the opportunity to come and give you praise and worship, Lord. Lord, you are worthy of everything that we have, and you are the center of everything that we have, Lord. And we just ask that um, during this time that your word is spoken clear and true, and that hearts are opened and minds are opened and ears are opened, that we may, be, may receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm giving you a new commandment to go back to the, the first opening verse. Um, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love for one another. So who, in this verse, he's talking to Christians. Right? Your love to one another, and we're to love each other. So when we do that, and I know pastors talked about... Um, you know, different, different times, different people will run into each other. Um, if you're, you know, Puerto Rican and, you know, you, 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 re- you will associate with Puerto Rican. If you're black, you'll see, you know, black. If you're an American and you're in a foreign country, then you'll, you know, recognize being an American. And so we, we see that and we reach out to people that are like us. And I wonder if we do that as Christians, if we make a point to reach out to our brothers and sisters? Or do we even take the time to recognize that someone might be our brother and sister? Uh, if, if, if we're, you know, we've always heard when someone sneezes and we have always, you know, there's always a God bless you from somebody in there, um, wherever it might be. And, you know, it's always, pastors always say, why, why are we waiting until someone sneezes before we say God bless you? So I have tried to you know, just through learning the word and learning what we're trying, what we're supposed to do in love, I have tried to recognize um, what I think are other Christians. And just yesterday I was in, um, I was shopping with Nancy 
and there was a, a lady. Um, it was a black lady. She was pushing a cart, and she had Jesus across the front of her shirt. And I walked by, and I didn't think of it, and I'm like, you know what? I, that's my sister. Like, that's my sister. I need to say something to her. So I walked over to her, and I went, you're my sister, and I want you to have a blessed day. God bless you. And she's like, oh, man. Now, I know today, you know, when I'm in here on Sunday, I try to wear decent stuff. But this was a weekend. I'm in my yard stuff. I got dirty tennis shoes on. I got shorts with a tear in them. I don't remember if I was wearing a tank top or not. I usually do because it's what I wear around my house, and we just ran out to the store. But this is an old, white, gray-haired, fat, redneck dude. And I, I walk up to the black lady, and I probably shocked her because I came up to her and I said something to her. And I'm like, you're my sister. And I find it's easy when we go to farm share because not all, but most of the organizations that are there are churches. And so we've developed that rapport. Um, I mean, I've developed that rapport. And, and, and you, you have to understand and realize that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. It's, it's exactly what Jeff's shirts, the B-Fam, brother from another mother, sister from another mother. I mean, we are brothers and sisters in Christ, and we have to understand that. And God commands us to love one another so that we can prove to the world that we're his disciples. Okay? Now, sometimes if you go up and talk to a brother, um, I... I there was a man in, uh, I think, Ace Hardware, and I heard him, I just heard him say something, speaking to the cashier, that made me think, this dude's a Christian. And so I bumped him on the shoulder. Hey, man, I said, are you, you, you a brother? You my brother? It was a white guy. I wasn't, you know, it was, it was just, are you my, you know, you my brother? And he's like, yes, I am. And I'm like, well, God bless you. And then... I had to listen to a rap song he had made up, and I had to listen to He's like, check this out. And when I went out, his whole truck was plastered with verses and everything. I mean, he's one of these that goes around and browbeat you on the corner. You know, sometimes if, if you hook up with... Don't you know that there's brothers and sisters in your own family, your biological family, that, and I would be that brother... But um, that just get your ear and, and they just talk and won't let you go? Well, you might have to do that. But guess what? When I did that, how many times do you think people went, hey, dude, um, you know, here, let's stand and talk for 30 minutes. You know, I mean, I got nothing else to do. But he, he probably didn't have that, so he probably appreciated that. So I sat there and I listened to the guy. And we had a conversation back and forth, 99% him and 1% me, if you guys can believe that. I mean, it dude just rolling. I couldn't get anything in edgewise. But the thing was, is I sat there and I listened to him, and listening is an act of love. Listening is an action. Love is an action. So at the risk of being tied up a little bit, you still want to reach out to our brothers and sisters to prove to the world that you are my disciples. In Galatians 5, 13 and 14, it says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. So, in the New Covenant, New Testament, after Christ, 
we are not beholden to the rules and regulations of the Jewish government and the Jewish religion. We have freedom, right? But in our freedom, we are commanded not to just go all... That doesn't mean we can just go willy-nilly and say, well, I love God, and now that he's given me freedom, I can just go out and do anything that I want to do and act any way that I want to act. Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Serve is an action as well. And serving one another is how we show love, right? Serving one another is how we show love. If you love your spouse, you get up and you do things for her. If you, or him, um, if you love your brother, you come and take care of him. I know that I have been, um, I have been called at 3 o'clock in the morning by a gentleman that said, it's time, my wife's in labor, I'm in Gainesville, can you make it to the hospital and be there when the baby's born? I, I, you know, they wanted me in the room. I'm at the top end of the table, but I was holding her hand. He's like, I can't be there to hold her hand. Would you please go do that for me? And so I was there holding her hand, and I was there when their baby was born, and, you know, I did that at 3 o'clock in the morning. If I didn't love that guy, do you think, I mean, if a stranger just called you up in Cedric and said, yo, man, um, can you run down to the hospital and just, you know, hang out with my wife till I get there? If you, you know, just an acquaintance. I wouldn't do it for my, well, I should, but I don't know that I'd do it for even some of my, you know, workers. But if, I should, right? If you love someone, you're going to go out and do things for them. I know Pastor has told the story. He's, you know, he, he got, was supposed to come into Jacksonville. He got rerouted to Gainesville, called me up. Two o'clock in the morning, I'm at the Gainesville airport, you know, picking Pastor up. I love Pastor, right? I love everyone in this room. I, there's probably not a single person in this room that if you called me early in the morning, now I'm not saying do this, but if you did call me early in the morning, I would probably come over and help you out with what it is you need to be helped out with. Um, now, if your plumbing goes, I am not a plumber. I'll, I'll create worse than I will better. So you might want to call a plumber, but um, I will. If there's something I can do, I tell people, if it's within my power to do it, then I'll do it for you because I love you guys. The golden rule, right? Do unto others before they do to you, right? Oh, no, no, no. That's the rule I grew up on back in the day, right? No, that's our sinful nature. Um, you do to others before, before they get you, right? No, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? Because here's the thing. You're not going to do anything bad to yourself. We all love ourselves. Everybody loves themselves. Some more than others, but everybody loves themselves, right? And we are not going to do something bad to ourselves that would create harm to us. So if we're commanded to do unto others as we would have unto ourselves, then why would we do any harm to anybody else? In Romans 13, 8 through 10, it says, Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. So, it's not that we owe each other. I don't owe Shannon anything. She doesn't owe me anything. Marlo doesn't owe me anything. But, your obligation to love one another. 
So we're required to love each other. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. In Leviticus 19.18, it says, Do not seek revenge. Now I'm going Old Testament here. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So, if God says, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite, why do you think he would have to say that? Because it happened. I know, um, I love these signs that have the big red circle with the line through it. It's like, do not, you know, if there's a cigarette there, it's like, do not smoke. Um, that's cool. You can put that up at the restaurant. Of course, now everyone knows you can't smoke in restaurants. Um, you go to some hotels, some still allow smoking in it, some don't. So, you know, you get the little sign, you know, with the cigarette, this is do not smoking room. Um, you know, there's, there's, you see these little red signs all over the place, but one of the ones that I, like, I love is I have a forklift at my work, and it's got a sign with a red with a line through it, and it's got the, all right, for those of you that, I'm sure most of you know what a forklift at least looks like, right? All right, so you pull the handle back, it's got these blades on it, it's got a big rack that goes over the front you can lean stuff against, and, you know, you can raise it to like 15 feet high. You can get way up there, and you can do it without it tipping over because the weight on the back weighs, mine weighs 7,000 pounds, and it's in an area that's about this big by about this big. So you can lift a forklift way, way, way up high, and it's still not going to tip over. But if you lift it way up high, you're obviously going to bring it back down, right? right? So there's a do not with a red line with the forklift operator sticking his head through the rack. Now, you have to wonder. You have to wonder, why is there a picture with a guy sticking his head through the rack, right? Now, we laugh, and maybe I should have picked a different example, but when I was with Roadway Express, there was an accident just like that at a local coffee company in Louisiana, and um, the guy did not survive it. So he obviously did not pay attention to the, you know, do not. So... So God says, do not seek revenge or bear grudge. Well, obviously, they were having a habit of doing that. But love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Now, Leviticus is Old Testament. So if we look at Romans 9.25. I switched this up on Mike earlier. If we look at Romans 9.25, it says, Concerning the Gentiles, God says in the prophecy of Hosea, those who were not my people, I will now call my people, and I will love those whom I did not love before. So even though Leviticus was in the Old Testament, and it says don't bear a grudge against those that you love, he clearly stated in the Old Testament through prophecy that he was going to, with the new covenant, with the blood of Jesus Christ, that he was going to love all people. Flip my pages around. You guys got to bear with me for just a second. 
So that brings us to the question. If in Leviticus, God was talking about his people, Hosea, he said that he was going to love those whom I did not love before, and we're in the New Testament, and Jesus Christ came, and Christ was to save the entire world, then obviously the definition from Old Testament to New Testament has changed from neighbor, uh, for, for the definition of neighbor. So who is my neighbor now? Who is our neighbor right now? Well, obviously everybody in this room is my neighbor, right? My Christian's brother, brothers and sisters. The lady I saw yesterday, I would consider her to be my neighbor. I would help her out. I would love her because God said love each other. Show that we prove to the world through our love to each other. So obviously Christians. The guy next door. We live in neighborhoods. Friends. Whether they're close, far away. I consider my best friend still to be my neighbor back in Gulf Breeze because, you know, in my mind, I, I, I thought I would just never leave Gulf Breeze and that would be my home forever. That was my hometown when I was growing up. And I still consider him to be my neighbor. Some of the people I know from Gulf Breeze I still consider to be my neighbor. As a matter of fact, in mid-80s, I took a trip to England. And when I was in England, it's so funny because England... For those of you that don't know, I mean, you think, you know, the British Empire, oh, it's so big, oh, it had half the world at one time under its power. But England is about the size of Florida. Right? It's just not that big. They have five interstates, and it's the M1, the M2, the M3, the M4, and the M5. And the M stands for motorway. And one starts on the west side of England and it runs up and down this way and M2 is like here and M3 is dead in the middle and then M4 and then M5 is on the east coast and that's it they got five motorways none of them go across they all go up and down and it's it would be like Florida without the panhandle is what England the size of England so I'm over in England and I was talking to one of the people I was working with um, over there and they asked me where I was from, and I said, well, I'm from Florida, because I figured, you know, nobody's going to know Pensacola over in England. And I'm like, well, I live in Florida. Really? I have a friend of mine, John Smith. He lives in Florida, too. Do you know him? <laughs> no. Like, you know, why would I? But in their mind, their concept, you know, that, that, that's a concept of neighbors, you know? I'm in Florida, they're in Florida, man, we got to be neighbors, right? They don't understand. I mean, you, you can go down all the way to Gulf Breeze. When I was growing up, well, I think I knew everybody, but probably not. 3,500 people in one stoplight and three police officers, that's all we had. And I don't think we all knew each other. So I just thought it was hilarious when the guy from, from England said, do you know John Smith that lives in Florida now? So who is our neighbor is the question and this question was asked in Luke 10 and this is a very familiar passage um, we're going to start at 1025 and go through 1037 so I'm going to read some scripture I'm going to read a parable and um, it's the one that we're completely familiar with is the good Samaritan um, the good Samaritan and this parable this passage that I'm getting ready to read 25 through 37 um, what I'm going to go through in just a few minutes, there's preachers that will stand up and can talk for an hour to four hours just on this very thing. But I'm using the Good Samaritan 
to look at one point, and that is who is our neighbor, not to go into preaching the details of the Good Samaritan. But let's look at it. In 25, it says, One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? It's a good question. But Jesus, being Jesus, like he always does, answered it with a question and says, What does the law of Moses say and how do you read it? And the man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you'll live. Right? So we should be square. That should have been the answer. Do this and you will live. The guy had it right. Love God with all my strength, mind, soul, heart, everything inside of me. And if you love your neighbor as yourself, you're going to be square and you're going to be covered. But in the next verse it says the man wanted to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So why do you think he wanted to justify his actions? Do you think he loved everybody? No. So if loving my neighbor, and I can pick out the, you know, um, I lived in a street about 15 years ago, and we would do a block party whenever something would come up, July 4th or, um, you know, um, well, that was the biggest one. Um, July 4th, we, 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 without any permits, in Clay County, we closed down one end of the road and closed down the other end of the road. And the nine of us, four on one side and five on the other, um, we brought, all of us brought our grills out. And each one of us cooked something different. You know, one had hamburgers, one had brats, and one had grilled shrimp, and I don't even remember what everybody had. But it was a legit block party. Everybody just, the nine neighbors, we all cooked just tons of food. And we probably had 250, 300 people. I mean, people were just walking up, and they're like, hey. I'm like, yeah, get some food. Do you live on this? No. Man, they were just coming to the party. The word got out. People were just coming to the party, right? And the neighbors, we just, and we did. We fed everybody. Didn't matter. We were just cooking and feeding. And then as it got dark, um, we had taken a collection from the nine neighbors, and we had gone to uh, the little place in Middleburg wasn't there. So we went to the fireworks shop out in McClenny and spent $2,700 in fireworks um, for this block party. We took my trailer from work and we used it as a base and then in addition and all we bought were mortars because all we wanted was big stuff we're not going to stand around and light off firecrackers we're not going to stand around and light off you know little bottle rockets you know like we do out here on the on on the fourth and i'm running around and lighting here and lighting over here and lighting here and like yeah we didn't do that we just had and we had three going at a time at one time of the big mortars and whenever one went out, we'd replace it, light the next one, throw that one to the side, light it going. And we had a show going for, if you can imagine, just think about when you get put on hold for 60 seconds. About 45, you're like, is this person ever coming back? Right? We had triple mortars with 24 mortars on each one shooting multiple for 17 minutes straight before we got to our finale 
and the fireworks place help us set up our finality on a four by eight sheet of plywood with a bunch of different things and had us run fuses. So all we had to do was light one fuse and then we had the big finale. So we were like 20 minutes of straight, straight fireworks. It was a great show and, um, and, and it was fun and I loved it. And the thing is, if I could pick those, you know, if I could pick those nine at that time in my life, I'd say, man, I love my neighbors. A great neighborhood. I love my neighbors. And I could justify loving my neighbors. But the guy behind me that his dogs killed my cat, not so much. Right? So if I'm asking Jesus and who's my neighbor, I'm kind of hoping, well, you know the dudes that you're close to. You know the guys that you're tight with. The people you go to worship with. Man, that's your neighbor. Love those people. You know, but people that you don't know, the people that cause harm against the people that do things, you know, eh, not so much. This guy wanted to justify who his neighbor was. So Jesus replied with a story in 30. It says, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead laying beside the road. That can happen in Jacksonville today. Just, what, two days ago, beaten up, hooked to a van and drugged two blocks um, right here in Jacksonville. So this is still pertinent to today. By chance, a priest came along. And as he was, saw the man lying there, he crossed over to the other side of the street and passed him by. Now... First of all, God says to love each other and is talking to us about Christians. Like if we're worship, you know, if, if, um, if I've got somebody, if Richard, if I see Richard laying on the side of the street, I'm, I'm not going to go around, right? I mean, you would think, you would hope, you would hope that, you know, I would hope that Pastor Scott picked me up, right? Well, with his back, maybe call Henry and let Henry pick me up. But, um, you know, you would hope that your priest is going to be the number one person that's going to help you or take care of you. And then the temple assistant walked over, and this dude stopped. Looked at him lying there. Mm. That reminds me of the, um, you know how they give um, CPR in New York City? Get up or you're going to die. Right? So the temple assistant, he goes over, he looks at the guy. Mm. You messed up, man. I ain't going to get my hands in that, right? Not going to want to help the guy, not mess with the guy. And then a despised Samaritan. And you have to understand, this was the highest form of racism we've ever had in the world. Jews and Samaritans. they, They despised each other. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. And going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged him. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn. So guy that he hates, guy that he can't stand, sees, sees his brother and he's like, man, I, 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 you know, I have to do something. Now, if he wasn't all beat up and damaged, this may never have happened. But he saw that he was hurt and that he needed help, and so he took care of him, put him on his donkey, took him to an inn where he took care of him. Next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. That just goes a whole nother level. 
Because now you're not just helping the dude out. Now you're helping to get him taken care of. Now you're putting him up room and lodging, and you're paying for it out of your own pocket from somebody that he didn't even know, right? So Jesus asked, now which of these three would you say was neighbor to the one who was attacked by bandits? And the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. So, obviously, in this story, Jesus is telling us to love somebody that we don't already love. Obviously, in this story, we've got an issue of racism, and he's telling us to cross race lines. He's telling us it doesn't matter, red, yellow, black, white, you're supposed to take care of whoever, right? But, and, and that should be that. That's what Jesus is trying to tell us, and that should be that. But I, I ask, if you've got somebody that you don't like, or somebody that you don't even know, that's not being nice to you, and like you know, you're 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 at Walmart, you're fighting over the parking spot, they're dog cussing you, you're trying to be as Christian as possible, and yet you guys got it going on, and they get hit by a car that you know you're you two are fighting over it, and third dude's like, I'll just slide right in there, and he clips the person that you're fighting with. Um, as a Christian, I would think that you'd go, Oh wow, that argument meant nothing. Let's take care of the guy, right? But here's the thing. Are we commanded by God only to help them when they need help? Are we only to love them? I mean, like when it says love your neighbors yourself, and then he's asking who's our neighbor, if our neighbor is this person that needs help and needs compassion, is this where we stop at on our level? So it's easy to show compassion but do we only do it when compassion is, you know, is required, when help is required, when that person is hurting? But what about when people hurt you intentionally? What about, what about when you're in the mall minding your own business and, you know, I don't know, go, go, go into the bathroom at the mall and all of a sudden you get shaken down for whatever you got on you. Which, if you go to Orange Park Mall, don't take more than about $5 in cash. Um, put it in your shoe, something. But if you've got people that are hurting you, and they are aggressive against you, gang members, um, you know, we, all the stuff that's going on, all the stuff that's going on in the world today that we talked about last week, all of the, um, or two weeks ago, all of the, the stuff that we have going through on the internet, um, people that are attacking people, the, the current political situation of the day, um, we, I, I, will, I will go out on a limb and say that right now the Democrats and Republicans hate each other. Right? I mean, I'm just guessing, but I would say by what's going on that they hate each other. So if you have someone that hates you, I mean, do you, do you really think that, um, that Nunez is going to, like, you know, go up to Nancy, hey, Nancy, I know this is all just business, but I love you. If there's anything you need, just, you know, let me. No, that's not going to happen right now. These people hate each other, 
and they're not showing any compassion. So how do you treat somebody that does things that are hateful against you? Well, let's look in Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 for 48. We're going to clarify. We're going to take this. We're going to step up a little bit at a time. And if you think back just 40 minutes ago or 30 minutes ago, you're going to see where I started out where we're commanded to love each other. We've got Christians, and then that's easy to do sometimes, to love each other, right? And then we go to the next step, and we're to love, we're supposed to cross some lines, but this guy needed compassion. Is that where we stop? So now we're going to go to the next one in Matthew, starting in, starting in 5.43, that says, You have heard the law that says, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For He gives His sunlight to both the evil and the good, and He sends rain on the just and the unjust. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. So in 44, it says, but I say love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Well, we know. I mean, today, it's happening today. Christians are persecuted all over the world. When we have people that persecute us personally, whether it's a vengeance act of um, stealing your car, stealing your, your weed eater and blower from right out from front of the church, right? Um, when somebody persecutes you, we're, we're to love that person. And by the way, um, John and Richard and Cedric and for you guys that are here, when I'm off getting the food and my wife's cutting the grass... I'm, I'm going to say keep an eye on her. And that, you know, that connotates a, a thing, oh, oh, well, I don't want anything to happen to her. But we were talking about this, and, uh, and she said, I, I'm like, man, what if you'd have come out the door just a second earlier? I, I, I mean, you know, it, some dude stealing stuff. You don't know what he's doing. And she's like, oh, I'd have chased him down, and I'd have gotten at least one of them back. And I'm like, no. No, you can't. Oh, yeah, adrenaline. I'd have been there. He was running uphill carrying two. I'd have caught him, right? I'd have caught him. I'm like, baby, you can't, you can't do that because you don't know. And they get up the top. Might have had friends. Might have had a car. They might have had a knife. They might have had a gun. Adrenaline, adrenaline would have had me. I'd have gone, and I'd have gotten at least one of the two items back, right? So I don't think from that statement that... If he'd have been stealing our stuff, that we would have gone, that Nancy would have walked out that door and gone, oh, Lord, he must need that more than I do. Just pray for him and pray for his heart. And, you know, that's probably not how we are going to react, right? But we're commanded to. We're commanded when people do things to us. They hit our car in the parking lot, and they don't leave a note, and they run. They... they um, Damage, they, vandalism, they damage your house, they damage your car, they damage things that you own, they damage you. Somebody robs you, you know, 
beats you up, robs you, takes your money. If they do that to us personally, feeling violated, things that we are violated personally, we are commanded by God to pray for those who persecute you. And that way, you'll be acting as the true children of, um, of your Father in heaven. Because he says, I give sunlight to the good and evil. Sends rain on the just and unjust. We are all in this world. We're all in this world. And he says, if you love only those that love you, what reward is that? Because even corrupt tax collectors do that. If you're only kind to your friends, you're not different than anybody else that's in this world. You're not different than evil people. Because I guarantee those gang members of whatever it is, 13, the, the, the gang that's going on on the border, that's coming across in droves, um, those gang members, they're tight with each other. Um, you got cliques in high school. I mean, I was tight with my people in high school. And if that was only people that I loved, if that was the only people that I hung out with, if I wasn't nice to anybody else, I mean, I can... So how would, how would we as Christians be any different if all we did was shown love just to those in our little clique, right? So now we're talking about people that hurt us and persecute us. We're still supposed to pray for them. We're to be perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect. So... Praying is our action for people that persecute us and hurt us, okay? And granted, as a human being, that probably would be tough to do. You know, um, I've gone through things in my life, and, you know, it, 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 it's... Well, I, I've forgiven them, but don't ever let them see me. You know, I don't, I, if I ever see them again, I'm going to bust them right in the mouth for what they did. No. It, in other words, well, I'm saying the words. I'm forgiving them, but I, out of sight, out of mind, and then I can say, yeah, I don't, I don't think about them at all. But when you think about it and you think about the situation, you get riled up. So have you really forgiven about them or forgiven them? So... Praying about people that have hurt you or persecuted you is very hard. If you go back, because I know the human nature. I know human nature is if you go back to that situation, then it becomes real again. And it compounds on top of itself. And all you do as a human is you get riled up and riled up and riled up. But what we are supposed to do is to pray for that person. We're supposed to pray for that person. Now... Let's take it one step further. In Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 27. We're going to get tough here. But to you who are willing to listen, I say love your enemies. Okay. Okay. That, we've, we've heard that. We're supposed to love our enemies. Do good to those who hate you. All right? Is it saying pray? For those that hate you, if I pray for somebody that hates me or does me wrong, I don't ever have to see them again. I can wrestle with God with my own desires in that prayer time and go, God, I know I'm, I'm praying for that person and I know I still have, I'm angry at them, but you know, will you please help me get over that? Will you fill me with righteousness 
and help me get through this anger that I have for them. When you're praying for them, you're just you and God. And you can flip-flop a couple times and go back and forth, and, you know, but you can ask God for the help while you're praying with God. But this, this is a whole nother step. Now it's saying do good to those that hate you. Do good to those that hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those that hurt you. And it goes on. It says if someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Really? Uh, I'm in Orange Park Mall. Get held up. Let me have your wallet. Bro, you only got five in here. Yeah, but hang on a second. I got 20 in my shoe. I got 100 in this just in case. You know, um, the Bible says if you want my shirt, let me give you more. So, you know, you like this belt? Here, right? Are we, man, is that, how hard is that to do? How hard is that to do? Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken from you, don't try to get them back. Mm. Mm. But I know, I know if I give him $5 on the street corner, he's going to go buy wine or, or check us out, Orlando, 10 years ago. They did a crackdown on it. One of the TV news stations um, put up a put a camera on top of a local hotel and was videoing this one corner. And this dude show up every morning, out of work, starving family. God bless you if you'll just give a little, right? And he's on the corner, and man, he's got dirt, no shoes. His feet are all dirty, and I kid you not, when this dude finished his day, he went back over, and it happened to be the same hotel that they had the, the camera on, and this guy went into the hotel, and he went up to his room, and he took shower and got all cleaned up and combed his hair and everything, go down to the hotel and have, have dinner there and whatever entertainment they had, would go to the entertainment, comedy shows, music, um, dude had a couple dates every one. I mean, they, they watched this guy for like a month. Dude had dates, you know, bringing women back to the... Well, they may have been dates. They may have, In Orlando, it was Orange Blossom Trail. may not have been a date, but taking girls back to his room. Um, you know, the guy was living his life. And they found out this dude was making over a hundred grand a year. Standing on the street corner. That's what he chose to do as his profession, right? So... If they ask, give, right? How hard is that to do? How hard is it for... Now, I, I tell you when I do get, when it's easy to give is when I'm at Burger King and I see a dude that was over at the trash can and he was actually going through the trash can. I'm like, hey, give me, give me two Whoppers, um, two number one orders. And I'm like, hey, man, you know, here. He really wanted food. It's easy to help when um, I was in my front yard and... A guy came by and he's like, man, I'm hungry. I'll do anything. Can, can you help me out? Um, he said, I'll, I'll work for it. I said, really? I said, okay. Now, I wasn't saved then. <laughs> because as the Christian thing, 
I would have said, oh, bro, you're hungry. Let me just, let me get you some food, right? I'm thinking, I'm out there raking. I'm like, yeah, I have work you can do. If you'll rake my front yard, I will have my wife get you some, some food. And so the guy's like, yeah, man, okay. So he's raking and raking. And then, you know, she made a couple of sandwiches and a piece of pie and, you know, the guy stopped, and when he was done, I let him go, and it was a horrible job, and I had to re-rake it anyway. But the point is, um, you know, that, that's easy for us to do when it's a situation like that. But the point is, if somebody asks, we're supposed to give to them. We're not supposed to prejudge what they're going to do to it or do with it. If it's, well, he's just going to go buy wine, so I'm not going to give him anything, well, maybe and maybe not. Maybe he really has a need for that. Maybe he is really down on his luck. Maybe he really does. Maybe it's the only way he can think of it. Maybe he's gotten to that last rope and he doesn't know any other way um, to go and do it. But if he does go and spend money on wine or other things, drugs, whatever else, um, do you know that that's not for me to judge? Right? That's not for us to judge. It doesn't matter what he does with that money. The, God says if he asks for it, you give it to him and don't expect it back. You know? I mean, I've, I've lent people money, and here's the thing. We're, we're commanded to do so. When you loan somebody money, just say, yeah, bro, get it back to me when you can, and then don't ever look for that again. Don't bet your next house payment that that money's coming back to you. Right? Because it may not, and God says, don't worry about it. Right? In 31, says, do unto others, or do to others as you would like them to do to you. We talked about that. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why would you get any credit? Because sinners do that much. If you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get any credit for that? So if you help a brother out, and then you go to his house and like, look, dude, I got to have it. I'm breaking one of your knees. I got to have it. Right? You're not, sinners do that. Love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid, bless them that curse you, pray for them, do good to those that hate you. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will be truly acting as children of the Most High. For He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. And that's where I stopped when I was preparing my sermon. I'm like, what a great, what a great thing. Like, this just lays out love. This lays out how we're to love. It takes steps. It goes from just loving Christian to loving those that maybe aren't with you but need compassion to those that don't need compassion, to those that hate you. It's going step by step by step. But then I started thinking, though, and I had to go back and add some to the end because... Really? If, I mean, God tells us to do that, but he also says treat your bodies right for it's the temple of the Lord. And I mean, look at my body, right? Just because God says do it doesn't mean we always do it, right? So if God says hate your enemies, I mean, <laughs> if God says love your enemies even though they hate you, can we really do that? And if so, can we do it on our own will? 
And that's where I think we fall short. And, or we may fall short. Because John 3.16, you know, how did God show his love? John 3.16. For this is how God loved the world. This is how God loved the world. This, he's showing you how. He gave his one and only son so that everyone believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. God loved the world by giving his only son that we may have life. We have the ability to love. But even sinners have that ability to love. <clears throat> but to love everyone, even those that don't love you, that's something that we can only accomplish if we have the Son residing inside of us. It's something you can only um, have by having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You cannot call yourself a Christian and love those that persecute and hate you. You can't do it if you do not have salvation and you don't have Christ living inside of us. And that's what God did for us. He gave us the ability to love everyone. And the only way that we can do that is if we have a personal relationship with God. We all have bad days and good days. This isn't saying that you're going to not slip up when you're on Blanding or when you're at the Jacksonville County or the Jacksonville City Fair, whatever they call it down there. Um, you know, you run into people, you know, bump lines, um, Orange Park Mall. This is not going to say that you're just walking around, ooh, loving sunshine all the time, you know, boom, oh, love you, brother, don't mind that you just smack, oh, you know, oh, you hit my cart, don't worry about it, I love you, right? We're not, we're not going to be like that. We have our days, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you cannot find it within yourself to love somebody that has done you wrong somehow, then I'm going to tell you what Paul has told you, and that's examine yourself. Examine yourself. Because we don't have, we don't do works. We don't do actions to get into heaven. We, we don't do works, but James says that if we have faith, then our works will come. All right, so if we have Christ inside us, we go back earlier, how do we show love? We show love by serving. Okay, so if we are not willing to serve others and we are not willing to show love, not just, I mean, I can tell Nancy all day long, oh, I love you, babe, I love you, babe, I love you, babe, I love you, babe. And some days that might go well with me because I'm doing things that, you know, I'm doing, I'm putting the towel rack up, you know, or I'm, I'm you know, clearing the table, or I'm doing some things so that she doesn't have to do as much as she normally does. I'm showing love. Right? So if you don't have it within you to show somebody love that's doing wrong to you or doing hate, if we go to this whole extreme of just loving Christians, then loving others, then loving people that need compassion, that love the praying for those that hate you, to actually doing something good for those that hate you, you gotta get over the hate. You gotta get over the hate. 
And it's easy for us to love. We're, we're a mixed church in here. But it still is easy for us to love each other because we're brothers and sisters. But God clearly shows that we're not just to love each other. We are, but not just. We're to love everybody. So if you cannot find it within yourself, if you're like, I just can't, just can't do it, then what you really need to do is you need to hit your knees and you need to ask God for true forgiveness and you need to accept the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart. Because with the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart, that is the only way that you will be able to do what God has commanded us to do, and that's to love everybody. So I want you guys to go out and love somebody today. Love everybody today. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for this word that you have given us. We thank you for the truth that you have given us. Lord, we ask that you fill each and every one of us so that we may go out and that we may be salt and life upon the earth and that we may make a change. Lord, you've commanded us to go out and to dominate. We should be out there changing the world as Christians, not having the world change us. And the way that you've commanded us to do that is to show love. It is through our love that lives are going to be reached. It's through our love, not our hate. The minute we show hate on somebody, that's when people turn and they're like, oh, I'm, you're all the same. And they're right, because that's not who we're called to be. We're called to be lovers of people. Those we love, those that are near, those that are not near us, those that hate us. As Christians, we are to love everybody. And we ask that you place your spirit deep inside of us, Lord, so that when that time comes, that we can grab onto your strength because it's your strength only. It's not ours. We're nothing. We can't do it on our own. We can't do it without you. Lord, please fill us with your love so that we may go and show love to others. And if we find that hard and we find that struggle, then Lord, we need to turn to you even more. We need to hit our knees and we need to come to you in humbleness and just ask you to forgive us, to help us, and place the strength of your son Jesus inside of us, Lord. We love you, Lord. We thank you for allowing us to come together and to worship you freely and in this place, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast and visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church, loving God, loving people.